Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third. I'm always traveling for work, but I also love to be active, playing soccer every chance I get. Finding the balance between being comfy, looking cute, and also being dressed to be active has never been easier with Viore. Viore is so versatile. It can be used for any activity, running, yoga, swimming, but it's also great for lounging or traveling. My favorite product is the pants that I actually never take off, the Women's Performance Jogger. They're designed with the softest premium dream knit stretch fabric. Viore helps me feel good about the things I buy and how they are made because Viore is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint, utilizing better sustainable materials for their products to empower your best active life. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash soccer. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash soccer. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Well, that is a wrap on the group stages of this Women's World Cup. Group H, the final group to complete their matches. And this is how it looks when it's all said and done. It is Colombia and Morocco moving on. Germany eliminated from this World Cup, not making it out of the group stage for the very first time. Morocco got a 1-0 win over Colombia and Germany only able to manage a 1-1 draw with South Korea. Jenny Chu has joining us at the desk. Did you, first of all, did you do did you do a, a run around? How did you get that energy? You didn't see her out. doing the backflips. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing Lauren Donaldson did yesterday uh, after the Jamaica advance. Slow you know, my, my attempt at a car, yeah, forward whirl, <laughs> cartwheel, whatever you want to call it. Uh, amazing, Jenny. I, I know. I feel like this has been. There's so many great storylines for you. Which one? What? What's bigger? Is it Germany not making it? Is it Morocco advancing? Like, where are we at with this? Um, that should be the biggest storyline, but because I was asked this before, this just happened on air. <laughs> yep, <laughs> my, yeah. my biggest story is Japan. I mean, we, I don't think anyone really had them on the radar, and I look back and I take blame for that. We absolutely should have. In qualifying, in qual- they constantly perform every single World Cup. In qualifying, like. they had 53 goals for, conceded zero goals. So they have the ability to score, Jeez. and they are strong defensively. Obviously, they have not been scored on at all through this campaign. They have nine points. They scored 11 goals. I mean, the goal differential is massive. They, they scored five goals against uh, Zambia mm-hmm. in the first match, and that should have been a wake-up call. Obviously, the four goals against Spain. Spain. The I mean, four goals against Spain. You could have gotten a draw and been happy with you know getting away with, in Spain. Spain is one of those people that, or one of those teams that people were saying may win this World Cup. Mm-hmm. Right. And now right. Japan comes out, and it's not just that Japan has done so well. It is the way in which they are doing it. Um, I know that you have thoughts on on their style of play. I want to let you get to that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I also agree that this is just a shining point for this competition. Absolutely incredible. Top scorer in the competition tied with Alexandra Pop. I want to get her name correct. It's uh, Hinata Miyazawa um, tied with four goals with Alexandra Pop, but Alexandra Pop going home. (laughs) 
I was yeah. probably going fishing. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, um, Miyazawa is still in the competition. Uh, 3.7 goals per game for uh, Japan. Wow. Three clean sheets. The most big chances created in 15. What... What Japan has done has made their style of play, which is very low block, counter, 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 but they are lethal on that counter. Mm. And what I got to say is, while I'm not a massive fan of this style, the way Japan does it is so exciting to watch. The moment they get possession, it is an onslaught. It is an absolute onslaught. It is so exciting to watch. I wonder how far you can go with this style of play, but it is very good for competitions. Oh, I think you can. I think you can win it with this style of Do play. You are they, wait, hold up. Are they not unarguably the I was favorite say, at this are point? They the favorite? Them and maybe England? Oh, for me, the they're number one. Stage games? For me, they're winning it. Mm -hmm. um, and you know that the U.S. might have to face them if they beat Sweden. Oh, boy. And, and it's um, Japan, Norway later. So anyways, that's a potential possibility that we have well. to, to face if we are choosing Japan as our winner, which I am at the okay, moment. Okay, wow. Um, but just the last thing on them before we move on to all the other beautiful things we have seen in this World Cup is the whipped ball in that they play on the breakaway that Alexis mm. is talking about. Their whipped ball is so beautiful and done so many different times. The pace and the power of their pass, the whipped in ball is like the texture of the ball is yeah. beautiful to watch and the amount of times they have done it perfectly, perfectly. Clearly and then they run on they the ball. I mean, they can practice. combine with each other so well, but they also have the nerve to go one-on-one -on -one and they have the skill to just completely unbalance defenders and make the shot themselves. They are the team to watch for me and it's so exciting for, for them. And best kit, best kit in the competition. So yeah. organized, yeah, the kits are great. At the Men's World Cup and the Women's World yeah, Cup. Yeah, facts. Big facts. Japan, Nico. send me one, double X. Nice job. Uh, what's your what, what, what's your your positive? What's making you happy about this World Cup? So I'm gonna stay in this group. Okay. Of course, going into this group that we that just saw the Colombia, Morocco, South Korea, Germany. Remember that these are all the four continental runners up in their respective competitions. Yeah. So it's not like. Obviously, Morocco, I think, was the one that was the least favorite, but they've shown strength in the last year or so. Runners-up at, at AFCON. But Colombia, the fact that they were the lone wolf from Conmebol to go past the group stage where Brazil's out, where Argentina's out, um, two teams that also made the semifinals of the Copa America, and Colombia to play with the pride of their nations on their shoulders, with Linda Caicedo dancing champeta before scoring that goal. Uh, the way that they have fulfilled a certain expectation, especially for, for South America, mm -hmm. I think the whole continent has now turned to support um, Colombia and their endeavor. and and. The whole continent? Achieve? Even Brazil? Men, I, I think so. Okay. W why not? I, I heard, uh, f funny enough, again, I, I mentioned it yesterday, I heard a play-by-play -play from the, a Brazilian broadcaster at the World Cup, and they were going all in. It was, so, it was such a beautiful play-by-play, like devoted to this incredible feat that, that Colombia was pulling off, and maybe they can achieve something that their men's counterpart couldn't do at at a FIFA World Cup, the farthest they've ever gone is is a quarterfinals uh, of a World Cup. Brazil They're good 2014, enough to beat that. The, the men, so maybe a, they can get on I a historic question. run. I have a question, very important question yeah. for you. Have you changed your mind, have you changed your tune on the kits? On the, oh, on the kits? Galaxy kits. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I thought you were asking if, if whether it was Colombia or Morocco. Once he saw it on you, he changed his mind. Right. Um, I wore it well. I, yeah, I mean, it, I think it gets more iconic with, those with the achievements. I just want to remind you. 
when you start adding achievements to those kits, <laughs> the kit gets more iconic. Okay, okay. Yeah. Alexis That's fair. is looking at you no. with disgust. No. <laughs> I think it's an advantage how ugly those kits are. Defenders <gasps> are like, oh. Blasphemy. Yeah. I still love them. Um, my my positive. I'm such a. I, I love these. There's just storylines, and there's so many storylines, and I love underdogs. And so when you look at teams like a Jamaica and a South Africa and a Morocco, like I'm just I'm so enthused for these teams that I think we didn't have very high expectations of moving on. It's just this, to me, like that's what makes the World Cup so beautiful and can galvanize a nation and it creates awareness and it's only good for the women's game because then more people invest in it. it mm. is, it's like when these stories come to fruition, there is a domino effect yes, um, that is so incredibly positive and powerful for women's soccer. And so watching it unfold in real time and watching fans get excited, it's like, I have goosebumps. What a, what a win oh, for the 32-team <gasps> World Cup. Right? And can I just say for the Moroccan, perfect. For the Moroccan team, I wanna, I wanna give a shout out to the Moroccan Federation. Lindsay Gibbs uh, X posted this out on X, whatever tweeted. Uh, in 2019, Morocco became the first country in the world to have two tiers of professional women's football. They committed to paying the salaries of 25 players per team, eight staff, including U17 and U15 coaches for 42 clubs across the country. You invest in women's sports oh. and they pay you back. Oh. Absolutely incredible. And yes. Shouts to Morocco for doing that, proving everyone wrong. Mm -hmm. If you invest in the sport and not downgrade it, they will pay you back. Congratulations in, to the Moroccan invest women's Invest in football full stop the whole full way stop. through because they, no one really considered them a big powerhouse nation for, for football on all levels. And in the last year, they've shown that, that they can... A Make a phone cares. call. Get us out of Casablanca, yeah. bro. Susanna, your comment about the domino effect is so important because we talk about the 99ers all the time in the United States because that was the team to inspire um, generations and generations after of women's soccer players. That's me included. Mm -hmm. um, now, these stories will inspire generations in all of those other countries. Like, that is the beauty of the World Cup. You, Legends are made. Fans are made. Like, like... The World Cup is the most beautiful thing in the world. Like genuinely, Correct. I think everybody's goal in life is to, to cover a World Cup. That has always been my goal, you know, mm -hmm. because that is the dream, mm -hmm. because that's the pinnacle. And the pinnacle is so beautiful to watch and to be a part of. It I mean, unifies. It's, it's everything. Yeah, it, it really is, everything. is, it really is. And this World Cup has uh, delivered in spades. Group stage recap, this is uh, how it all shook out. Here are some, some numbers. 126 goals scored, Whew. five debutante wins, which uh. is remarkable. Um, leading goal scorers, Miyazawa from Japan, as Alexis mentioned, alongside um, Alexandra Pop, who is surprisingly on her way home. And this one, I love this, most goal contributions. Mm. Lauren James, wow. who is performing like an absolute beast Pop for is going fishing. England. Pop is going fishing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the second time you used that one. You like that yeah, one. Oh, You're going to keep that one. When we come back, we are going to reflect on a remarkable World Cup career from arguably the greatest female footballer ever to do it, Marta. That's coming up after a short break. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Thank <laughs> you.
welcome back. Well, yesterday Brazil was eliminated from the Women's World Cup after a scoreless draw to Jamaica in what would be the final World Cup appearance from an all-time great and absolute icon in women's soccer and soccer in general, Brazil's all-time leading scorer, Marta. So this was Marta's sixth World Cup, which is Honestly, just a staggering achievement for any footballer. And it really is almost impossible to think of a Women's World Cup without Marta playing on the pitch. She is, she's synonymous with Brazil. She is synonymous with the World Cup. Um, she scored the most goals in a World Cup of any footballer, male or female. I mean, she's an absolute legend. I know we use that, that term a lot, but... That is what Marta has brought to this game. Mm -hmm. uh, yesterday, our group on attacking third reflected on the legacy of Marta, including Jordan Angeli and Darian Jenkins, who have shared the pitch with the legend. Here's what they had to say. Well, actually, one of my favorite memories, I was you guys got me really thinking now. When I first joined the Pride, I was number 11, she was number 10, and I was like, oh my God, our lockers <laughs> are next to each other. <laughs> Whoa. And I remember being so nervous and it was the first day we were going to like fitness testing. I think we're doing this at like a 1K and she was like and started to teach me a dance. Like she was just playing music and was showing me how to dance like without us even really talking that much. And then she went out, killed the fitness test. We came back in, we were dead and she's still dancing, mm -hmm. just vibing. And that's a testament to how fun she is and how much joy she brings. Um, and she also came in first on the fitness test, I have to say. Like, as fittest player I've ever played with, and I was like, if I was your age, I would not be running fitness tests. If I was Marta, no chance would you see me doing these. I played against her. She was playing for FC Gold Pride, and I was with the Boston Breakers. And we played the Pride in um, the, the Bay, and so my parents came out because it was close to them in Colorado, and I went to school in the Bay Area. And I got, I started that game and they, I have a, a photo that I will forever cherish of me defending Marta. <laughs> I, Did she I, it was a good it? moment. It was a good <laughs> moment where you never know what's going to happen after that. And we'll just keep it at that. I, I'm sure she begged me. I'm sure she begged me. I'm sure I fouled her. I, you know, all the things, but, uh, the, the fact that, you know, for me as a player, I got to play against the best player mm -hmm. to play. And she, she carried the torch for so many yeah. and for so long. I think it's difficult that she didn't get a World Cup. You know, yeah. we, we see Messi just a few months ago getting a World Cup and getting to add that to what he did in his career. It would have been cool to see her at least just have another go at it, you know, like get out of the group. And that's why this game earlier was so difficult because for her, you were kind of like, come yes. on, look, can yeah. we just do it for Marta? Do it for Marta. I, that, that actually yeah. really hit home, what Jordan, the point that Jordan Angeli made there, that she never had that moment. You know, yeah, she World never Cup had that moment. Or Olympics. Mm -hmm. And I think football almost owed it to yes. her, right? Similarly, I think Jordan hit the nail on the head to how Messi felt like football owed Messi the pinnacle of awards that you can win in the sport. He deserved to be there, and, and, and football had to give him that prize. And uh, it sucks that Marta, we, I mean, we imagine, never say never, right? No, but this is probably the end of the line. I'm just saying that because after the last World Cup, I, exactly, she gave that no, very emotional yes. speech, and it felt like that was the end of the line. Yeah. But look, she, she came back. She has 17 goals over the six World Cups that she played, more than Miroslav Klose, who has 16 goals overall. And, and he has a World Cup, for example, to, to prove for it. So... Look, Marta is 
iconic. She's a trailblazer. She's a revolutionary. Um, and she is unafraid. She is emotional. And, and she is not scared of, of showing who she is. And I just go back to a couple days ago in the press conference before that last Brazil game and how she said amid tears um, that she didn't have any women idols growing up. She had to look to the men and full circle, six World Cups later, how women are going up to her and saying, you were my idol, you are my idol. And her getting emotional, like it's, it's a lot of weight to carry. And, and they call her the queen in Brazil for a reason because I, I, she carries that weight with, mm -hmm. with responsibility, with, with a sense of pride. And it's, it's not easy. And, and I think she's done it so incredibly well. I, for, for an Argentine, yeah. I, don't, I don't think for an Argentine family, I, I don't think there's a Brazilian that I like more than Marta. I just want to point out, too, that from 1941 through 1979 in Brazil, women couldn't even play mm -hmm. soccer. And women you know were what? not allowed to play soccer. And then Marta is born a few years later and has literally galvanized an entire generation of female soccer players in a country where the sport for males is, I mean, that is dominant. That is it. Yeah. It They're is like the religion. for the world. A hundred percent. And for her to be as authentic as she has been and to have inspired just so many, so many young female athletes is, I mean, what, you can't, you can't top that legacy. You really, mm -hmm. you really cannot. It's, it, it, it's phenomenal. What impresses me the most about Marta is she took that Jogo Bonita, Bonito and, and ran with it and said, I might not be able to learn from a woman. There's not a woman that's going to be my role model, my, my influence, but I'll take what Ronaldinho does. I'll take what Ronaldo does, R9. I'll take what Rivaldo does and make it my own and let me be the trailblazer. Let me show women that we can do anything the men can do. And I just, when you watch her play, you can see the fun, the joy. She's always smiling and she's super creative. And that, that, that's inspiring everyone, boys and girls. And that's what's so incredible about her is she, she has that, that work ethic and, and the joy of the game, but also the influence on and off the pitch. And so I can't, I can't think of, of another Brazilian that had been able to carry so much weight during my lifetime on her shoulders to, to perform on the pitch and be such a representative of what the LGBTQ plus IA community has to endure while playing, the, playing sports. I mean, she is the, the, the biggest role model and she does it so gracefully. I, I could not be more impressed with, with in how she's carried herself. In a very homophobic country, yes. Brazil yeah. is an incredibly homophobic country, and yet they still they hold her in regard with the likes of Pele. You know, I mean, like that is she has transcended. She's transcended everything. She's amazing. I was and at the Copa America final in Brazil, and um, the, the men's Copa America final, and there's a huge cardboard, not a cardboard cutout, like just an advertisement, but it was Marta's face on the Maracana, on the side of the Maracana. She absolutely deserves it. And you know what? Maybe she didn't have a moment. Maybe she doesn't get that victory. She doesn't get to uh, lift a, a massive trophy for her national team. 
but maybe there's there's the moment for her is being able to look back and realizing that not only was she a part of the turning of the corner for the women's game, maybe she realizes she was in the lead. She was at that driver's wheel for that turn, both in the way the culture respects her in Latin America, the culture respects her in a country like Brazil, but also the way that she didn't have a, uh, an idol, but she has become that idol, as you said. Maybe there's something to take away to say, you know what, her long and storied career, she started playing seven years before the first iPhone came out. She's been playing nice. this game professionally for a very long time. She has earned the respect and the right to be respected by man, woman, and child across the board. So, yeah, there's no photo of her lifting a massive trophy wearing a Brazil shirt. Fine. But you know what? She can look back and all those women and those young girls that are playing today, she knows she had a small part in making and opening that door and further pushing that door even wider for all of them to play. How does that make you feel? Because as men, it's like we see men be trailblazers and icons and typical um, for, for us to have that representation, but to see someone in the sport that you love do you break these barriers, make it so far in the sport. Yeah. How does, how does it make you feel? Uh, it's, it's, it makes me emotional. It's, um, she's, so, the, she's so brave. She's so brave. I don't think that there are a lot of people that could take on what she has, has taken on and, and be so completely authentic. She is the ultimate symbol of female empowerment to me. And you know, we spoke about her, uh, the importance of her in that LGBTQ plus community, uh, the importance of her for women in sports. She's a UN ambassador for, for girls and women in sports, even down to the way that she just so fearlessly would wear a bold lip. You know, she'd put her red lipstick yeah. on for a game. You know, she, she just didn't care. She was always so authentically herself. And knowing that the, the eyeballs were on her and what she represented, I think she knew, I think she was aware of what she was doing for the sport and to carry herself so gracefully and to then also perform at such a high level. I mean, these are things like I could, I could never dream. I don't, I don't think I could, I, would, I think I would crack under that type of, of pressure. And so for me to, to see somebody handle it just with such grace and poise um, and fearlessness is, the most inspiring, yeah. the most inspiring thing. She's awesome. Also, I don't believe so this class. is her last World Cup. I just don't believe it. You don't. No, if Christine Sinclair can play at 40, and she's, what, 37 now? She could, Martha physically could play at 40-41. I could see it. Put the knees on ice, Martha. <laughs> Save yourself. Come on. Play in that next World Cup. What do you Cup. think she said to Bunny Shaw at the end of that? She said, how dare you beat me, yo? This was my moment. No. I, I think it's one of those, <laughs> you, you're looking at the future when you look at Bunny Shaw and you're saying you're breaking down barriers as well in your country of Jamaica. Similar to what I had to do in Brazil, mm -hmm. now you're leading the charge. Look at what you've done for your country, keep going, and inspire the world. How important are those conversations? Oof. I have goosebumps. It, that, there, might there be, that might be Bunny seconds. Show's biggest moment in the World Cup, and it wasn't even on the pitch. And it's, th it's 30 seconds in time. In a, a larger context, the, but those 30 seconds, what they mean, the impact that they can have, how much they inspire down the line, it, it, it starts a fire. Oh, yeah. man. Marta is awesome. She is She's so awesome. She is, she is hey, we got to get her on the show. Cool. So <laughs> awesome. Also, that'll inspire everyone. Bunny Shaw, everyone who's like, yo, Bunny, what did she say to you? What did she say to you? That's going to inspire all of them, too. It's crazy. If I was Bunny, I'd be like, I'm taking this to my yeah, yeah, yeah. This is mine. This one's mine. Oh, I'd be like, awesome she actually moment. told me not to tell you specifically. I'm very excited because Pablo Mar of The Athletic is joining us next to chat um, a little Lionel Messi. You don't want to miss this.
CBS Monday. NCIS! Here's where we can see them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Finally, not letting the gut here. Welcome to paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching this, I've been arrested. What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii. Monday, starting at 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, no doubt about it. The hottest commodity in soccer right now is that of Lionel Messi's game-worn jersey. This is against the game um, against Atlanta, and he and Tiago Almada exchange. But you can imagine that there are just people lining up to get this thing. After I'm on the Diego, Diego Luna actually said that, like when we interviewed him, he was like, "Oh no, I'm going to be, I'm going to be behind my teammates and also the Inter Miami teammates to get." a game-worn messy jersey, which is probably very accurate, to be honest. But um, a guy who knows a, a thing or two about this is getting ready to join us. I'm so excited. He's making his morning footy debut, Pablo Maurer of The Athletic. Pablo, first of all, I just want to tell you, you tell the stories in soccer that I love reading and I love hearing. You consistently just are, I, I absolutely love reading your stuff. So I just want to thank you personally for the, the work that you do because I think you're tremendously important and very good at what you do. And we are so happy to have you on Morning Footy right now. Uh, thank you for having weird taste. I appreciate that. I know. It, you know, like soccer, it's a it's a quirky it's a quirky sport, and it just you know it lends itself to to weirdness. So so we appreciate you. Um, you recently wrote an article about this this sort of mission to get Messi's jersey after after a game. Um, what what was the the thing about when you dove into this? What was the thing that kind of surprised you the most about sort of the the process that happens after after a game and like how things are decided? Yeah, I think to your point about the pieces I write, this is a very much a good fit because it was something that seemed simple on the surface, but the more I started reporting it, I realized it was pretty complicated. I mean, um, first and foremost, I had no idea that. Uh, Adidas and the league give MLS clubs an allotment of jerseys that they can give away for free. So, you know, any given player might have between five and 10 jerseys that they can trade after games, throw into the stands, whatever. And, you know, once they exceed that allotment, they get charged. Uh, obviously, this this doesn't, um, you know, apply to Messi because he's probably giving away the shirt that he wears in the field and 15 others every single game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's fascinating to me the sort of machinations and negotiations that are going on in MLS locker rooms. I mean, you have um, in their first game against Cruz Azul in League's Cup, you had a player who uh, came out of the Newell's Academy, like Messi, say that if anybody else got his jersey, he would quote tear the locker room apart. <laughs> right. Um, in the next game, I feel like it was uh, you know very much a fait accompli, if you will, that Thiago Almada has uh, you know his a teammate at the World Cup in Argentina would get it. Um, but, you know, when they play Charlotte, when they play, you know, it, like many of these other teams, it's going to become a bit of a free-for-all. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see if anybody gets assaulted over this. We'll see, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Pablo, um, since it's your morning footy debut, you got to do some sort of initiation here. And since you wrote such a great uh, story on that iconic Landon Donovan water fountain drinking moment, <laughs> I, I, I need you to do your best Landon Donovan drinking out of the water fountain impression. Oh, you're going to do that to him? <laughs> wow. It's, it's morning footy initiation. Wow. 
Yeah, Nico, I hate to break the news to you. I don't have a water fountain. Um, I, I guess I could try. Like a... Yeah. yeah. I can feel if it. If anybody Serving. screenshots that and puts that on Twitter, I'm never coming back. Uh, I bet Felipe Cardenas was just waiting for that, that moment, yeah. to be honest. He was. He screenshotted for imagine. sure. Yeah. No doubt. Absolutely. Um, does this, Pablo, does this rival anyone else? I mean, I can imagine when Beckham first came in the league, there was probably some intensity, but this feels like a completely different level. You wrote about some of the original, some of the original big names that came to play in this country in Pele and Johan Cruyff. How does this compare? Yeah, I mean, really the only thing I think you compare it to is Pele. I mean, I spoke to the, um, the equipment manager for the Cosmos in the 70s who um, is still alive and well and still has a massive collection of uh, Cosmos shirts, including wow. play shirts. And, you know, he used to prepare five or six kits a game. I mean, a first half one, a second half one, one that he would give to his teammate and then a, a few that he would just give to, I guess, the, the people who didn't manage to get it off him on the field. I mean, when Pelé played his uh, final game in Washington, D.C., um, he was literally in 77 chased off the field by a mob of fans. I mean, and, you know, you can see in the very poor quality film I have of the game, he just takes his shirt off and just throws it as he sprints off the field because he's pretty much afraid for his life, you know? So um, I think he played another game in DC with Santos, a friendly where uh, he left the field literally wearing nothing but underwear because people took a short too. <laughs> so um, I don't know that we'll get to that point with Messi. I think uh, security has improved um, maybe the dignity of opponents has improved. They wouldn't want to strip him basically nude on the field. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's a long and storied history of this for sure. I, I'll add just from a player's perspective, when you're on the pitch and maybe it's your idol you're playing against, maybe it's someone that you've looked up to in your mind, you're going to sw swap jerseys with that player. But it, it really depends on a couple of factors. One, is there a relationship with that player with anyone on your team? Because if that's the case, you know that jersey's going to that player. Hmm. If there's not, I've seen players ask at halftime. Hmm. Uh, Eddie Johnson, uh, not to call out anybody, but we were at Copa America <laughs> in, in yeah. 2007. And, you know, they have Riquelme. Uh, Tevez, uh, Messi, Cambiasso, Zanetti. You, you know, you're, you're looking at an all-star team. Halftime, Eddie Johnson goes over to Tevez, who was not even playing, and goes, hey, let's swap jerseys. And they swapped at halftime. Wow. Bob Bradley was livid. Wow. Was livid. So I think there's, there's things that go into it. You don't want to come out off as, like, needy, because then people look at you and you're like, you don't have any respect. Like, you're, you're a fan. You're not a player. You're going to have some dignity with yourself. You can't just go and, and grovel for a, a kit. And after the game, if you're not playing or you didn't play well, it could be awkward, too, to say, hey, Messi, can I get your jersey? You megged me five times, and, and I'm, you know, I'm okay. Versus, you know, maybe there's three other players who have played well, and they're like, hey, you back off. I get seniority. So there's a number right. of things that go into it. So... It'll be interesting throughout the, the regular season who, who's going up to them. Are they going at halftime? Are they talking before the game in the tunnel? Because then you're like, where's your mind at? That's, that's the biggest issue. I feel like players want the jersey 
and that's why the halftime thing probably for Bob Bradley was the one that sounded off the alarm because like Eddie Johnson playing in Copa America in Argentina. Um, have you, Pablo, talked to any players that are like kind of adamant that, that they get their kit? Some MLS players are like, oh, excited for that moment because I feel like it just, it brings down a barrier in the competitiveness and it shows that your priority might be something else other than the game. Well, so Nico, it's interesting what you're saying because I, I thought the same thing. It's like it, there's there's really no other profession or line of work where it would be considered, I guess I just use the word appropriate, to sort of um, seek an opponent's you know, or colleague's sort of memento out in that way, right? It's such a thing that's that's unique to soccer. But, I mean, like so many other things involving the situation, it's messy, man. I mean, like, if you get, to Charlie's point, you get megged five times in a game by Messi, you know, it might be the only player in the world where nobody's really going to blame you, you know, and where it's <laughs> it's maybe not inappropriate to sort of do that. Um, Charlie, I, I'm reminded I just had breakfast with Ray Hudson in Fort Lauderdale a couple weeks ago. He he told me, you know, he he basically got a yellow card for just clobbering Messi from behind. <laughs> and as he went to help him up off the pitch, he just went, the shirt, can I get the shirt? <laughs> <laughs> so, things like that happen. And uh, strangely enough, this is... Uh, 10 second long heartbreaking story. Ray, who was a fantastic dude, just lent that jersey in a frame to a buddy who was opening a sports bar. Oh God. And the sports bar folded and he never saw it again. Oh, <gasps> um, wow. I know, I know, yeah. That's tragic. Crazy, right? Absolutely tragic. Um, yeah, I don't want to come off as no. a fan. And you meant no, Pele, you can't. right? What's you, up? You said he clobbered Messi, you meant Pele? No, uh, Ray Hudson, Ray Hudson. Ray Hudson, Clover, yeah, yeah, who? Yeah, yes, of course. Sorry, I'm yeah. getting my timelines entirely crossed up. <laughs> it's fine. Wait, wait, listen, we all have messy on the brain right now. Yeah. It's totally, yeah. uh, in fact, that, that leads me to my, my next question, Pablo. Because um, you, you've you been tweeting, I, you're a great follow on, on Twitter as well, and um, you know, you've been saying like just how fun it is and how you still can't really believe that we are watching Lionel Messi playing in Major League Soccer right now. I have had the same reaction. Like it is, it is a joyful experience watching this man take the pitch, wearing pink, playing in North America. Um, for you, as a soccer fan, as a guy who has been in and around the sport and this league for so long, what's it been like for you, just from a from a purely fan perspective? Yeah, it's interesting because I'm. I, like anybody who knows me personally would probably call me a cynical person. I mean, if, if you follow me on Twitter, I probably rag on MLS sometimes uh, good-heartedly and some uh, sometimes from a very dark place. Um, but the you know the messy situation is is definitely one where it's like uh, it's the first time in a while I've been you know I was at his first two games covering it for the Athletic obviously, and um, there's a moment uh, you know standing behind the ad boards when he scored the free kick goal where. All I could really do is laugh, man. You know, I mean, it's so it's so rare to see an athlete really truly live up to the hype in that way. And it's particularly crazy and messy because the hype is, you know, like some heavenly amount just through the roof and still somehow he lives up to it, you know. Um, I'll say a little bit of the sort of shine is wearing off. Like I would like to see, um, you know, MLS defenders maybe try and defend him. <laughs> I think like a lot of guys are, a lot of guys are, uh, I think scared of getting posterized, but I think that's it's interesting because again, like I said earlier, you know, say he he megs you or say he you know he scores a golazo on you. I mean, it's messy. No one's gonna no one's gonna you know like 
uh, tell the rando MLS defender, you know, oh, I can't believe you got beat by Messi. He's been beating, you know, the world's best defenders for his entire career. So, but no, it's been it's been fantastic, man. What are you going to say? We, we get to watch the greatest player of all time, essentially, although that's, for me, it's Maradona. But um, we get to, to watch, you know, arguably the greatest player of all time, um, you know, play just a few feet away from us. It's crazy. Which uh, brings me to my question. I have to ask, uh, for someone who is so enamored, I would assume you would have been in Miami, but it looks like you're in the New England area. Is there any specific reason for that? Is there anything you can possibly shed a light on? Yeah, I'm up here um, doing a little reporting on the situation surrounding Bruce Arena, obviously the Revolution head coach, um, who's on administrative leave right now, um, you know, alleged to have made, I, I believe the words were insensitive and inappropriate remarks. Um, you know, it's been interesting, obviously, Bruce has, uh, I would say, has a reputation for being super blunt, super direct. And I think, you know, in many ways, that's probably worked in his favor over his career. Obviously, he's, to me, beyond a shadow of a doubt on the field, he's the greatest coach this country's ever produced, you know. Um, but, I, you know, I, what, you know, without knowing specifically what he did or what he said, which is, um, you know, I think what all, a lot of us are trying to get to the bottom of right now, it's it's sort of tough to even kind of weigh in on, you know, on my, my feelings or your feelings or anybody's about it, you know. So it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating situation. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll uh, be definitely keeping a very close eye on your uh, fantastic reporting, as always. Pablo, thank you so much for joining us on, on Morning Footy. We would love to have you back at any point and uh, keep up the tremendous work, man. Thanks, guys. Take care. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game full speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Round of 32 in League's Cup continues tonight. Here's a look at Thursday's fixtures. Pumas taking on Queretaro. The New England Revolution hosting Atlas. Oh, we've got a Hudson River Derby to look forward to. Ooh, New York Red one. Bulls taking on NYCFC at Red Bull Arena. We have Philadelphia taking on D.C. Charlotte and Cruz Azul, as well as Real Salt Lake facing Leon. So let's talk about this Hudson River Derby. At long last, Alexis has been chomping at the bit. You ready? Oh, for yeah. this. This is exciting. I wish Maxi Morales uh, was starting in this one, um, but uh, this is a big one. I think it's a, uh, you know, you laughed at me when I said this last <laughs> time. Both, both teams want to win this. <laughs> I can't, I can't take him serious. Uh, he said both teams want to win. Uh, yeah, but there's a, you the know team this. team with the most goals at the end of the game right. is No, but win. I want to hear him break this one down. Uh, I will. Um, so the, the whistle's going to blow and then the clock is going to start. Uh, and then after that, <laughs> 11 players on each side. But you know when you played, were there not certain games that you would circle Certain games that you would look at and you would highlight and say, even if we're having a bad season, if we win these. Similar oh, yeah. League's Cup uh, knockout round circled. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I, I can't sarcasm. tell. The <laughs> sarcasm. Really I'm good trying sarcasm. my hardest. I want the producers to know I'm trying. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, who was your biggest rival when you played? In MLS? Mm hmm Was it your height? <laughs> <laughs> my height? <laughs> 
You know how many center backs that were 90% bigger than me? He <laughs> crazy. Hey, this guy showed up called his Puyo, man. Come on. Some respect. <laughs> this has been growing on you. Some respect. Alexis just yeah, he's coming in. after me. I got to clap back somehow. It's not even a clap back. Uh, but anyway, so <laughs> you don't think Rebels. Would you say this is not a spirited uh, rivalry between the two? No, I don't. You don't think Red that Wedding? Not right, not right currently. I don't think it is. NYCFC wins a cup first. What about in the scope of Major League Soccer? I feel like, I feel like the, the Hudson River Derby is actually one of the better rivalries. He's looking at me like I'm absolutely nuts. But I, I am a stalwart believer that it is I get it. We're talking about true. two teams you didn't play for, which is rare when we talk about MLS. But the, these are two. Yeah, because there's, 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 <laughs> I've played for 15 t- teams. Like, I'm Kai Kamara. I, I don't have your Wikipedia. It's too um, small of a screen. But the, when, when these two teams obviously don't, don't like each other. It's not just the fans. It, the players on the pitch as well. You look at two teams that even the style of play, the heavy attacking press from uh, Red Bulls, the triggered press from uh, NYCFC, two teams that are seemingly having pretty rough seasons where right now a big, big win against your rival can change the tone of the rest of the season. Especially this can point inspire. In the yes. Season. Also, it's a, it's a competition that, okay, maybe no one named Miami you is going to win. You think if Red Bulls win this game, they're inspired and they're going to play differently and they're going to be... And, well, not if you ask it in the sarcastic tone. When, 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 when do you, they, they play right afterwards in Major League Soccer, right? Mm-hmm. When? Do you know when? Like, is uh, no, it the first I know this, game after the Cup? I don't believe it's the first game. The reason, I, I, I wonder how much importance the, the teams, like if you bow out, you have a, a, a nice a little rest. Like, like if, if one of these teams loses, it's not the end of the world. And They're I don't know if it good. changes. Both teams aren't good. And there's not, there's not a Tati Castellanos, there's not a Bradley Wright Phillips. I would argue that the Red Bulls need this win more than NYCFC. I feel, I feel better about NYCFC and their chances in making the playoffs, especially with the addition of Maxi Morales after this. I Huge. feel like the Red Bulls have been just kind of floundering and, and mm. Red Bulls are they waiting for an ex- a coach. Yeah. So a, I, but this is still a difficult game for us to win. We're still going to their it home. It always is. Yeah, it's always it's difficult. They, they play us extremely well. Mm-hmm. This is difficult, but it's... In terms of rivalries in MLS, this has fallen down considerably. Yeah, hell is real, for instance, because now Cincinnati and Columbus are both good teams. That is, yeah, that like, is that on an upwards trajectory. Has, say that to the say that to the fans of both of these clubs, though. I mean, of that, course, they, they wouldn't agree with you. Of and course, I, they wouldn't. And I think if you're looking at it, it's the largest market in in New York. I mean, in the U.S., uh, it's the it's the largest market for this sport in this country. I think this is a, is a stand-up game. It's a big game, and as I know, I'll be watching it with the intention that are it is go? a I, I won't be able to go because I have to go to sleep so early. You think so this early. is bigger than Seattle Portland? For me, it is. No. For me? Oh, what about El Trafico? I said for me. What about this? Okay. This is bigger than Boca River. Is this bigger than El Trafico? No, no, no. But yeah, for in, me. In, in, from objectively. No. Okay. There. Is that what you wanted? No, I was just asking a question. Okay. Wow. Guys. <laughs> We're going to be friends after Hopefully, they can bring the fireworks. <laughs> I mean, the League's Cup, this is what we want to see in your competition. Messi, Messi. Stepped up and heightened the intensity. Heightened. hundred percent. They made it much more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're good now. Yeah. But also, this is an opportunity to play Messi. I mean, an extra match. That's right. This is great. That's right. Don't forget that Messi effect. Messi Yankee State. It's on. Um, all right. <laughs> We're going to take a break. The Hudson wow. River Derby, 8 p.m. Wow. tonight on Apple TV. You should watch it.
If you want to win your fantasy football league, it starts right now. The offseason is the best time to get ahead of the competition. We'll help you win your league on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, part of CBS Sports Podcast Network. Fantasy Football Today has three episodes every week following the latest news, giving you early rankings, early sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So if you're a dedicated fantasy football manager, check out the most dedicated podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Welcome back. Group stage in the Women's World Cup concluded today. Let's get to the highlights, starting with Morocco taking on Colombia and Group H. Oh, this is a big and this one. This is end of the first half. Oh, yeah. That's a penalty. Yeah, shoved to the Shoved in back. the back. And good on the striker for feeling it. She was kind of already heading down and Ooh, big save. Big save, but, but not yet. Oh my god. They reviewed this gracious. goal so many times. Still oh, counts. that would be enough. Morocco win 1-0 and they move on and to Catalina the knockout. Let's go to so good. South Korea taking on Germany. Look at this. This is sixth Ooh. minute of the game, Devastating. y'all. It's a good finish. Calm. Just tuck it away in the corner. Fromms came out, but she she didn't get the right body position, the right angle to make it a good attempt. And, and then this woman, Alexandra Pop. Incredible player. Can't do it on her own. Can't Ooh. do it on her own. She but would she, finish. She's been underwhelmed. Lena Oberdorf as well, who's an incredible player. S- South Korea taking it to Germany yes. in, in the group stage at I the know. World Cup. Does that uh, not ring a bell? 2018, 2018 Russia. Russia, that's right. The men did it also. <gasps> wow, synergy. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And it's just, it is. Absolutely unbelievable, though, that Germany has not advanced out of the group stage. I think when we looked at that group, remember when we were doing our group predictions? I would love to replay we that. We should roll back every And see, honestly, group. everyone Let's just like Germany. Let's delete no the file. Question. Germany won. Germany, Easy. Brazil. Easy. Brazil. Not, I know, there are some giants but in there. Almost, almost the U.S. by a post, the U.S. Literally was in post. that group. But You're we're right. still in it, baby. Yeah. Believe. Still in it. We still in it. Please. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it's been crazy. Um, we've got some footy to look forward to. Can we show our uh, Thursday Thursday footy fix? Because we've got some Leafs Cup action to look forward to. We've got Charlotte taking on Cruz Azul, RSL, and Leon. We've got Look the Hudson that. River Derby. Charlie don't and forget it. Yes. Footy Kit Friday. Get your Chris kids Atlas. out. That's it. Tweet us. Tag us. X us. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. 